Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1235 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer joining you on Oilers Now. As we are pleased to be joined by our headliner today from NHL Network, a longtime NHL player, once the number one overall pick in the draft. We're going to hit on that theme momentarily. Brian Lawton, who uh, for years spent time working with uh, running up that running building Octagon's hockey agency, was later the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Brian is brought to you by Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available at Touchback Safety. Brian, how you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good, good. Are you in uh, New York or still in Minnesota? I am in Minnesota. I have not been in New York since March 14th. There you have it. Uh, and obviously the cases in Minnesota substantially lower than that with uh, the COVID-19 battle that New York City and New York State's going through right now. Uh, nothing like, obviously, what's happened or transpired in New York. We've got, oh, I don't know, about 115 deaths kind of in the city area. Yep. There's about 1,000 cases. Um, but overall, people are behaving differently, Bob. But you really, you know, there's times when you, you notice that, but things look normal, too, other than there's a lot less traffic. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting one. You know what? We're going to get to – we might as well start there. Uh, there were tweets today put out, uh, Greg Wyshynski, who you know, Emily Kaplan, who's a young emerging writer with ESPN, about the potential of specific site locations that might make sense uh, for the NHL if theoretically – and again, look, we're a long ways away from this happen, uh, happening right now – but if the NHL can somehow get up and going again, uh, Emily Kaplan, who is with uh, ESPN, uh, 
Greg Wyshynski tweeted out about an hour ago, latest push in, uh, for the NHL is to return to two or four arenas in areas where COVID-19 outbreak has uh, been managed and restrictions would allow it. Very much targeting completion of the regular season. No timetable. NHL PA would need to sign off of it. That was Greg's tweet. And then Emily mentioned uh, in her tweet, hearing the favorites are Raleigh, uh, Minnesota, Edmonton, and then to be determined in the Atlantic Division. You're in the state of hockey in Minnesota. I'm up here in Edmonton. Um, you mentioned Minnesota's got very low rates uh, currently. You know, just to put things in perspective, right now uh, New York City or New York State's got 251,000 confirmed cases and 14,000 828 deaths so that kind of is a, that's a very sombering statistic uh minnesota is way way down there minnesota right now is 2567 confirmed cases and 160 deaths uh, brian just to provide you some num- numbers on alberta alberta is now over 3,000 confirmed cases 61 deaths alberta is testing currently more than germany which is seen as sort of the the prototype for how to handle the situation in COVID. Edmonton's got 14% of the cases in the province. Calgary, unfortunately, is at 71% right now. There's been nine deaths total in the city of Edmonton. Given those numbers for places like Edmonton and Minnesota, does it make sense to look at them as potential options? Uh, and we're not talking in the next three weeks. Maybe we're talking sometime late June, early July. Well, nobody wants to put the cart in front of the horse, but the fact of the matter is if you're projecting out to July, I think it makes a lot of sense. You can throw Raleigh into that group. Yeah, uh, Their numbers are even better than Minnesota or Edmonton. The Atlantic is a little different, right, because that's the Boston, New York area, up and down the coast, and uh, maybe a place like Buffalo or Ottawa, uh, maybe you go somewhere even more remote like Maine. I don't know. But I think there's a strong case to be made that you could do this if both parties – there's two things, in my opinion. Both parties, the NHL and the NHLPA, are going to have to agree on this. I mean, right. most all the fans out there realize that players' contracts typically end on, July, on June 30th. You know, we got all types of unrestricted free agency and arbitration rights and buyout rights. So you have to kind of rework all that. I think that can be done. I think both parties want to play. I think it's really smart to consider it. But the other piece is that you have to get some consensus on public opinion about doing this. Nobody wants to do anything too early where you destroy your brand. And I think the NHL will continue to do what they've done, which is be very, very sensitive to that. I had that conversation with somebody today who said to me, Bob, a lot of companies are going to get judged in terms of how they handled this situation. You know, um, it was was a real interesting sort of, uh, and and I I think absolutely there was a degree of uh, truth to that. Brian Lawton joining us right now from the NHL Network. And again, uh, there are certain... Edmonton is not a city that has a lot of international flights. Calgary has more. Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota does not have a lot of international flights. Uh, New York City has a ton. 
I had somebody tell me 15,000 people from Wuhan alone flew into New York City in about a five-week span just after the New Year. Uh, so, you know, that would perhaps explain why, uh, you know, things transition more quickly in those, and not to mention population density and people living on top of each other and those sort of things as well. So you got to get the player consensus. you got to get the team consensus. And you got to obviously get, when you talk about people, you got to get a feel for where the respective governments are at. We know that Donald Trump has talked to Gary Bettman and the other commissioners, I think we'd be naive. Well, it's been reported that uh, Gary Bettman has spoken to Justin Trudeau. But the governors in the states and the premiers in the provinces are going to play a part of this as well, aren't they, Brian? Yeah, they, they absolutely will. And it's been a little bit of a, a schooling in the United States on how our government actually functions. A lot of people initially thought that the federal government runs everything and as people are finding out that are tuning into Fox or CNN or whatever your choice is. I never say mine because I don't want a gazillion people to tweet at me about <laughs> politics, but <laughs> whatever your choice is, in the end, we found out that the governors have a lot more power than I think the average person in the population in the United States realized. And uh, that will be the case when it comes to this as well. Our governor yep. here in Minnesota is very conservative. Um, he's done an excellent job. Uh, it's been interesting to watch how different states have handled it. Some, in my opinion, have done a great job. Others, not so much. But ultimately, uh, Minnesota has, has done very well through this crisis, a lot because of what you said, Bob. We just don't have a lot of people internationally that were coming through here. Yeah, and I, and I do think that benefited Edmonton to agree and compare. I mean, we know that right now the province of Quebec has 55% of the deaths in Canada, Brian. Montreal had a lot right. of international flights coming, not just from China, uh, but also from Iran and Italy. Those were hard-hit areas. And, and then it uh, unfortunately worked its way into, uh, you know, our old-age homes. And the one thing that's going to come out of this, no matter what, Brian, is in Canada – I believe, even though it's a provincial jurisdiction, it's going to be a federal mandate, we're going to see a significant upgrade in the expected standards in old age facilities because, you know, we're talking better than 50, 50 plus percent of the pop. You know, Alberta has examples at 61 deaths. I think it's north of 38 of those 61 deaths have occurred in old age homes. We're, we're going to see that change. And, uh, and that's part of why, you know, it's interesting, Brian, because there is a social responsibility, but who makes the directive on the social responsibility, right? You'd have some people that would say, no way, no hockey, nobody plays until we have a vaccine. And then you'd have others out there saying, oh, wait a sec, why not? Why can't you? Who says you have to have fan? Well, do you not play for the fans? I mean, it's a tricky one for Gary Bettman, isn't it? And Bill Daly. It's tricky. It's tricky for everybody, Bob. You have to be really mindful. In a perfect world, nobody would go anywhere until this was completely away. And yet, in the United States, there's hundreds, millions of people that don't make, you know, that don't have $1,000 in their savings account. So, and they may be younger. Now they're not working. They're looking at what's going on in the world. And it is an incredibly tough spot to be in, and you really feel for people that are in those situations. I wish everybody would stay put for six months. I also recognize 
That's not realistic for everybody. And that's the battle that's really raging in the United States right now. What is the right answer? Uh, no food on the table or, you know, sit home or take risk. It's just it's very back and forth. It's very controversial here. So those checks that have Trump's name on them, they haven't come in yet for everybody? Uh, not for everybody, no. No. Um, at the end of the day, there's 1200 bucks for, you know, you think about right. a family of four. You might have somebody making 60000 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's know, three, 4000 bucks a month. It's just gone, and they don't have savings. It's a tough, tough position for people to be in. Brian, I, I think the rubber is also going to hit the road on a couple other fronts, and I wanted to discuss that with you. Brian Lott joining us from the NHL Network. Because you worked for an agency in Octagon that represented players in other sports. And I want to talk about football. Because in the States, baseball is America's pastime, but football is America's passion. And uh, I'm led to believe that the NFL uh, may have full testing for their fans by September. I don't know how they do that. I mean, we heard reports that, you know, PGA Golf had ordered up a couple million tests or something like that. I mean, that's 80,000 fans that they would be testing before they would go in the facility. And all I can think of is, all right, as much as everybody loves the NFL, and we love the NFL everywhere, if you've ever been to the Southeast for college football on Saturday, you, you, know where I'm, you can't tell me that you're going to sit there and tell folks in Georgia and Alabama and Florida that they can't have their college football like there and and this is a country in the states that fundamentally believes in personal freedoms i think it's going to be really interesting to watch how that gets handled moving forward oh yeah it, it, it's going to be crazy i mean there's been all kinds of protests and things like that in the united states in regards to shutting you know cities down People that, you know, they're calling it there's, you know, they're into their Second Amendment rights. And people don't take that that well in the United States. Uh, I just think that you have to really be mindful when you think about what's going on. I am. Uh, I understand it. I don't know what the solution is, um, but I feel bad for people on both sides of this argument, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a tricky one. All right. We're going to change it up. I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball at you here, Brian. Um, I remember this because it gave me some clarity, and it had to do with the day that the NHL announced that Eric, you were a number one overall pick yourself. That's why I've included you in this conversation. But the league announced uh, in in June uh, of 1992, Eric Lindros was the number one pick, and then we'll get to some draft stuff here. Eric Lindros was the number one pick in the 1991 draft, did not go to Quebec City. Then we had a uh, draft June 20th, 1992, and he got traded to two different teams. <laughs> the New York Rangers thought they had him, and the Philadelphia Flyers had them. When the decision came down uh, from Larry Bertuzzi, I was watching. I was a big baseball fan at that time as well, and I was watching the Atlanta Braves, and that's when the Braves were like the TBS Superstation, and they had Chip Carey doing play-by-play and Don Sutton, who still does their color, doing the games. And uh, Don, uh, they, you know, Carey read the trade. It said the Philadelphia Flyers have uh, traded Ron Hextall, because we were talking about Hextall yesterday uh, and today, uh, uh, Duchesne, uh, Mike Ricci, Kerry Huffman, Peter Forsberg, 
a first-round pick in the 93 draft, and $15 million in future considerations for the rights for Eric Lindros. And Don Sutton actually said, you know something, Chip? I don't know a uh, – or Skip, because Chip's his uh, son, but uh, Skip Carey goes, you know something, Skip? I don't know a damn thing about hockey, but this Lindros guy, he must be pretty good. <laughs> I just I mean, <laughs> exactly. like when you and it, it it I always chuckle when I think of that story because there's a guy coming from another sports saying they just gave up six players, a number one pick and fifteen million dollars in cash and future considerations for him. And it's you played against him. Uh, you were also a number one pick. Uh, I think he would have probably played 15, 18 years today, just how the game's different. Uh, certainly more awareness issues for concussions. How dominant was he? Uh, he was like no other player, <laughs> really. Like Mario was unique. He was a big guy too, but Mario could go over you if he wanted to, go through you. But he wasn't really looking to do that. Whereas Eric was. He was a bull in the china shop. He was that good. That trade obviously ended up working out pretty well, mostly because of what you said that Eric didn't really have the career that a guy of that size should have. Uh, rules were much more open back then. He took some massive blows, had concussion issues. Uh, for me, perhaps one of the greatest players ever, even though it was a shortened time to not win a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, but he, he was just something that we hadn't seen. Not that much size, strength, mobility, hockey IQ, uh, nastiness. Uh, it, he was just a really, really uh, rare bird. Even in the, and that's hard to do in the NHL with all the different types of players we have. But uh, unfortunately for him, it was all it was cut all too short. That is for certain. I would assert for five years from '93 to '98, and I know Forsberg ended up winning cups, but you know that team had Joe Sakic too. Um, I would assert to you that Eric Lindros was the best player in the NHL for about a five-year run. Agree or disagree? Absolutely agree. No, no question about it for me. Like he could, and, he could. Yeah, all, he, I mean, he it, fought it, Marty McSorley. It, it, it. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say he could do it. He could play the game, and it, like people underestimated his skating ability. Some have suggested to me that he had tunnel vision on the ice. I'm like, did you watch him pass? Did you watch how hard he passed when he needed to fire a pass through or how he could put, like, it was the common, we we had not, like, he was a better version at his high end. This is going to be sacrilegious to say at Edmonton. At his high end, he was a better version of Mark Messier because he was bigger and stronger. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. He never went on to attain, you know, that level of greatness. There was always a little angst towards him and the family some things that hurt him in people's eyes just because of the way things, you know, worked out. Uh, it was very unhockey-like to demand a trade. You know, I'm reading the other day Alexis Lafreniere, and he's talking about it'd be an absolute dream to play in Ottawa. Right. You know, that's more typical. Connor McDavid, he was very open about he'd be delighted to play in Edmonton. So what Eric did back then was really perceived as, as villainous and in the end um you know it's just the players have rights uh, the whole concept of a draft is not that easy to wrap your head around not 
Number one, because they'll tell you where you're going to live because of a draft, but then you have a little bit of control. But really what's crazy for athletes is they'll tell you where you're going to live on a minute's notice during the season. And I experienced that when I got traded on December 26th. It's a shock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ultimately, a a lot of people never wrap their head around what, what the whole charade was in terms of not going to play in Quebec. Well, it's interesting because Marcelo Bou, uh, you know, owned the Quebec Nordiques at the time, eventually moved it, sold the team to Colorado. He was uh, briefly uh, with the Canadian Olympic Committee as well, uh, was uh, removed off of uh, uh, the uh, the COC. Uh, and there's always, you know, there was some trust issues between the Lindros family and, and Obu right from the get-go there. One final one for you, Brian. we got about a minute here left. Um I just want to ask you about the the challenges of having a draft or not to have a draft in June. You got a lot of player or uh, scouts around the league on the amateur side whose contracts come up at the end of June. Uh, this is a tricky one for the league, isn't it? From a technology standpoint, it really isn't. From a logistics standpoint, in terms of you know, think about the Taylor Hall trade. Just to bring it back to Edmonton a little bit, how do you settle that issue? and a million other ones. Um, I understand why the NHL is looking at it, and I think this is, if nothing else, this is a time when you need to look at a ton of unique opportunities. Will a lot of them get done in the end? No, I don't think so. Will the draft happen in June? Uh, in my opinion, only if there is some type of decision yep. not to try to continue to play. I really believe that. Yeah, if we're I'm going to have t- a plan to play, though, in July or August, whenever it is, whenever the NHL decides, I, I, I just think it's really, really difficult to do it before that because of a million different logistical reasons that have to do with trades. And, you know, just think about the number of trades that are done at the draft on a yearly basis. And you wouldn't really be able to do that if you're going to continue on and play, never mind how you settle you know, draft picks. There's a lot of crazy things floating around out there right now. You know, what about the Washington Capitals? They trade a second and third round pick for Brendan Dillon, and whoops, you had him for two weeks. And we could think of 10 other examples like sure. that. So I, I don't know how it all gets rectified in the end. It's, it's, it's not undoable, but it's definitely, it's not mission impossible, but it's definitely mission difficult. <laughs> so ultimately, I don't believe that stuff will happen unless um, the NHL is going to come out at some point and say, that's it for this year. We're going to focus on having a full season next year. And I don't believe that'll happen. So we'll see. We'll see at the end. Brian, great stuff. We appreciate your time. Stay safe, okay? Thank you, Bob. Same to you and all the listeners in Edmonton. That is Brian Lawton, number one pick, 1983 NHL draft, uh, later a GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, now with the NHL Network. Quickly in our Ashley Five Floors text at 780-496-0063. Bob, uh, that is the truth. 110% our American friends were the big brother standing in front protecting us. Seeing that, we do pay for it. In the oil that they buy for next to nothing, refine it, then sell it back to eastern Canada. Uh, well, isn't there another conversation to be had with the Irving refineries and how they flip things over and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. Um uh, 
This text comes in from Vic. Too bad Lindros felt he was bigger than the game. Unfortunate that it wasn't just a privilege to make it to the NHL. As lay people, we don't make that kind of money to play the game. I say it's selfish, and uh, so respect for him was lost. Thanks for Vic. And that perspective is shared out there by a lot of people uh, that love and care hockey. All right, 12.57, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back from the call to hockey and uh, one of the lead writers on COVID-19 coverage for Post Media, David Staples. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.